0: This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 34 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. I am your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me yet again to talk about our favorite thing in the world, Star Wars. And I'm awful glad to be doing this show live again. I used to do it live uh, like a year ago, I think, for those of you are tuning in for the first time. I used to do it live. Me and Kirsty tried it for a while, but... Our internet connection wasn't good enough, uh, I think, to really pull off a live show. We did it a few times, but there were a few hiccups and some glitches here and there. But I uh, started playing around with some new uh, tech that I realized I had the entire time and never utilized to its full potential. So started looking around at some stuff and got a mobile hotspot able to do this. So uh, welcome to the first live show, The Canon Podcast, in God knows how long, man. So uh, very excited to be talking Star Wars with you guys. I'm going to give you a heads up from the top. Uh, you guys know i live in kansas so uh there's uh, a threat i guess you could say i don't even want to call it a threat there's a possibility uh, of some severe weather cropping up here in a little bit so i told kirsty if anything like that happens to just come in here and let me know and i'll probably cut this short so we can uh kind of keep an eye on what's going on but until that moment comes let's talk some star wars and you know i was uh i think it was monday i was playing around with the audio video settings on uh on the stream trying to figure out how to get this hotspot to work and uh i saw that uh anyway uh sorry i was looking at the live stream over here i got it pulled off my phone Uh, i saw that there wasn't a whole lot of news and i'll let you guys know that uh that was the reason there wasn't an episode last week there just wasn't a whole lot to talk about at all to be completely honest so uh this week we've got maybe one i've got something to talk about but then i've got five mailbag questions and i'm going to turn it over to live chat Uh, i've actually got the live chat set up here where i can pull it up uh been trying to get a little nifty with stuff i can do on this thing so uh got the live chat going here i'm going to be keeping an eye on it over here on my phone uh but we'll get to that here in a little bit after the mailbag questions before i start talking about the news though uh, i was going to let you guys know if you're tuning in for the first time i've got a passion project i've been working on uh, and I'm so close. I'm so, so close to having it done. Uh, I've been working on the Star Wars Canon mobile app. And it's something I've that uh, I've I'm very passionate about. And I've been busting my ass on trying to get it finished. I wanted to have it done before Rise of Skywalker came out. And that didn't work out. And I wanted to have it done by the end of February. That didn't work out. Here we are now halfway through April. Uh, but we're almost there. We're almost there. For those of you that don't know, uh, this mobile app is going to have a lot in it. Uh, It's going going to have a direct link to the audio version of this podcast, so you can listen to it in-app. For those of you who prefer the video version, it will have a link to the YouTube channel. You can watch all the YouTube videos in-app. It'll have uh, a a spot where you can send in mailbag questions. It'll have a spot where you can check out all the social media links, the Patreon account if you want to check that out and help support the podcast in any way. It'll have the entire canon timeline on it. Uh, broken down by story arc i'll be i'm using the old bby aby um i guess you could say dating system timeline system uh and there's going to be a link on there also where you can uh become a a member of the community kind of like a facebook feed you can kind of post pictures of what you're reading your own reviews stuff like that just talk star wars man i'm looking forward to i'm i'm so excited to get this thing out and i physically cannot Wait, so that's what all that is going to be coming out on that. I, I, I'm going to tell you guys this up front though The app itself will be free But I think the Canon timeline itself is going to be behind a paywall, but it won't be much. It'll be a dollar Max, I won't make it any more than that. That's bullshit. People will make apps five dollars and whatnot. I, I I get it now So much work goes into an app, but still I mean five dollars for a mobile app. I eh, think better I don't know. Anyway, so it'll be a dollar if that so uh, keep an eye out for that I'll let you guys know when that's getting ready to come out kirsty has been letting me work on it And actually, I just bought Kirsty a new car last night So now she's going to have to let me start working on this thing more and more To get it out quick So, uh, wanted to throw that out there for you guys Real quick, uh, let's get this news stuff out of the way And then we'll get on to mailbag questions The only really, I mean there's a couple of big pieces of news Or a couple pieces of news But really the big thing that uh, a lot of people kept asking about Were these High Republic era character profiles that star wars and lucasfilm dropped and they are giving us our first look at five characters uh that we're going to be introduced to i believe in august when uh charles soule's novel uh comes out so uh the first character now i'm sorry the first character profile we have is avar chris uh this is a female jedi looks human to me of course that doesn't mean anything in star wars uh avar avar i hope i'm saying that right avar chris avar is the brightest most notable example of Jedihood. she always tries to see the good in people and situations and never puts herself first she's invigorated about life on the frontier and the challenges it brings and is an inspiration for those who work with her she's compassionate not dogmatic and always ready to sacrifice herself over others avar chris is the best of the best and you know since they kind of she was out of every website i saw uh she was always the first one listed so i'm i'm betting they're gonna go with her being i guess you could say the quote-unquote leader of this group uh very very excited to uh to see this character the next one man this is the one i'm really looking forward to to getting to know uh this is Loden great storm uh Loden is a twi'lek jedi master and is considered to be one of the best teachers in the jedi order strong and wise with a good sense of humor let Loden laden uh, looks at every moment as a learning experience, always trying to better himself and those around him, especially his Padawans. Uh, it seems like he's going to be kind of the wise the wise one of the group, I guess you could say. And maybe, I don't want to say Yoda-esque, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say he's basically going to be the Yoda of this group. Uh, the third one they released is Keeve Trennis, I think is how you pronounce her name. Keeve is a young firebrand Jedi, believed to have a great future ahead of her. If only she would believe in herself, or believe it herself. Quick-witted and more impulsive than she should be, Keeve has only been a Jedi Knight for a few weeks and is a little starstruck around Avar, knowing many of the great things Chris has done in the past. She's determined to prove herself to Avar uh, Avar and the other legendary Jedi stationed on Starlight Beacon. But first, she must learn to trust in herself as much as she trusts in the Force. Uh, And, you know, that Starlight Beacon that they're talking about, that they're being... Stationed on was actually mentioned. Oh, where was it? I want to say it was one of the. Comics leading up to rise of Skywalker Finn talked about it. Was it in allegiance? It might have been in the four issue run allegiance. I'm not entirely sure. But Starlight Beacon was mentioned. In another comic somewhere Finn did bring it up. Uh, The next character on the list. uh, Is Stellan Gios. Uh, Stellan is an optimistic and well respected Jedi master. Stellan came up through the order. With Avar Chris, and although they are often on different assignments for the Jedi or the Republic, uh, when the two work together, they are a powerhouse team of two noble heroes in action. Strong in the Force and a natural leader, Stellan is currently stationed at one of the Jedi Temple outposts on the distant planet of—I'm oh, going to butcher this Karagon Viner. I'm assuming is how you pronounce that. Uh, and and you know, going into this, I thought he would basically be the leader. Man, that lightsaber he's got looks sick, doesn't it? That kind of broadsword look to it looks cooler than Kylo Ren's, and I'll say it. You can fight me all you want. Uh, And the last profile they released was for a young Jedi named Vernestra Vern, and I'm going to probably butcher this name too, Ro. Uh, Vern is a newly minted Jedi Knight. Vernestra, and I've never been able to pronounce what species that is, uh, was Padawan to Stellan Geos. She works hard and is devoted to the Jedi Order more so than most others her age. At 16, she's one of the youngest knights in a generation she struggles to fit in with the adults while also setting a good example for the younger jedi. So that is one character that I'm really excited to see more of also. Especially you could do a lot of character building with her. Especially, you know, I mean look what they did with Ahsoka. Right? When when that character first came out, everybody despised Ahsoka. She they, 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 I mean she was loathed in the community. And as that character grew, so did her fan base and and we kind of grew with her and I'm I'm assuming that the character like this a 16-year-old jedi knight that's going to be the High Republic, I don't want to say version of Soka, but, you know, I mean, that that kind of, uh, that, that character that you can kind of grow with and, and get to know it, you know, and, and and kind of go through these adventures with her and see where she ends up in the long run. Really excited about all these characters. They all sound absolutely amazing. And, and it's great. I, I have so much hope for this High Republic thing because leading up, well, I shouldn't say leading up, after Rise of Skywalker and my disappointment with just everything that had to do with the sequel trilogy as far as the films go and and now obviously they didn't have a plan for anything or and they just kind of blew it by the seat of their pants as they went now the fact that they're sitting down with this new era and they're actually taking their time and they're making sure they try to do it right and they're doing character development and and they're doing concept art and, and 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 everybody's sitting in the same damn room together working on this thing to make sure it all goes together that is exactly what should have been done with the sequel trilogy so I'm so excited that they finally learned, they're finally doing this, uh, and, and they're going about it the right way, at least in my opinion. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on these five profiles, man. Which one of these are you looking forward to the most? And, and keep in mind, this is just the first five. This isn't all of them by any means. This is just the first five they've released, and I'm not sure what characters are going to pop up and what mediums because I know there's a couple of comics. Like three books coming out, so I don't know which characters are gonna be popping up where, but I'm I'm really looking forward to these five. Man, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, moving on from that, let's get this all let's get this segment out of the way. Also, I said I was gonna start it last week or last episode. I'm gonna continue on with this uh, pattern. Let's time for canon spotlight this week, guys. And canon spotlight this week, I decided to go back to the very beginning of Star Wars canon, the the, the beginning of Star Wars canon, if you would. And uh, we're going to talk about A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller. Now, for those of you who are new to the channel, I do have an interview with John Jackson Miller up on the channel. If you go back, it's from, gosh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, something like that. Uh, Chris Dolly was still on the channel with me at that point. We ha- got to sit down and, and talk to John Jackson Miller, and he was absolutely awesome to sit and talk to. I, uh, I messaged him that afternoon on Facebook, and I was at work. And I, and I honestly, I wasn't expecting a response, but I never expect a response back whenever I try to get somebody for an interview. So I'm always pleasantly surprised. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And John Jackson Miller messaged me back almost immediately and said, yes, I can do an interview. When are you available? I'm like, oh, oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, well, uh, uh, tonight. And he was like, yes, tonight works. Absolutely. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I messaged uh, Chris and was like, yeah, man, we, we got an interview with John Jackson Miller. tonight." So we had to scramble, put it together as quickly as we could. But sitting down and talking to him was just absolutely awesome, you know. And not just canon wise either. This guy's written a lot of EU stuff that a lot of people loved. Kenobi, uh, the Lost Tribe of the Sith collection of stories. I mean, he's he's written so much stuff in Star Wars Night Errant. It's just there's a lot there that was just gold. You know, I don't I know a lot of uh, not a lot of people really big on Night Errant, but. yeah, man. So go back and check out that interview. So A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller. And guys, this, like I said, this is the first novel that started off the new uh, canon, if you would, back in 2000. I think this novel released in 2014. Uh, this novel introduced us to Kanan Jarrus and Hera Syndulla, the characters that we were going to end up knowing and loving from Rebels. Even though the show hadn't started airing yet, this was kind of our first introduction to those characters. Didn't know a lot. About these guys going into it, didn't know what to expect with the new canon, honestly. And I feel like John Jackson Miller did a good job kicking off the new canon. And and even during that interview, we asked him if he had uh, if, if the title of New Dawn was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. And he was like, yeah, it kind of had a double meaning. Because uh, it does have a meaning to the story also. I don't want to give too much away if you guys haven't read it. Uh, but I do kind of want to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what it's about. Like I said, this follows canon jars. At this point, he is on a moon called Gorse, a mining moon, a mining planet called Gorse. Uh, he's trying to lay low under the radar of the Empire. He's trying not to use the Force. He's trying not to, you know, he, I mean, he never even activates his lightsaber in this book. So I, don't, I honestly don't know why they put that on the cover, but he never activates his lightsaber in this book. But he's trying to lay low, and the mining facility that he's kind of working for on the moon has been having quota problems, stuff like that. So the Empire sends in this man called Count Vidian. He's... Half cybernetic, half uh, business genius, and just cold, cold-hearted. He does what he has to do to make sure quotas are met, whether that means working everybody triple shifts. It doesn't matter. We're, we're going to make this quota. If you die, you die. We'll replace you. So this guy comes in. He's the main villain of the book, and he, like I said, he's just cold and calculating. And uh, he, he finds out about this rebel cell that's right under his nose, and Kanan meets Hera for the first time. She's there, and you kind of see their first interactions. It's an absolutely fun book to read. It's not one of my favorite books in canon, but it is a fun one to read. And it was, a, I think, it was a good jumping off point for canon uh, in the long run, especially you know with everybody when they said they were going to do the slate wipe with canon, and everybody was kind of salty about it and was like, "No, I don't want it. I don't want no, 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 don't do this to us." I think this was this book was a good, you know, hey, we're it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. So, uh, I'm. you guys got to check out this book if you guys have not read it and especially if you're big Kanan and Hera fans if you're a really big fan of Rebels you like this book see how they met for the first time kind of the chemistry between the two characters uh I don't I don't recall I don't think that any other Rebels characters and I think they built the Spectre crew after this Uh, but she's got the ghost Hera's got the ghost uh but it's it's a really fun read you know And, and like I said it kicks off on a mining planet like every other Star Wars novel in the EU so uh, definitely check that one out though guys, it's it's a fun read uh, Alright, so let's get on to some mailback questions This is going to be the biggest part of the show this week And then after the mailback questions, I will go over to the live chat and see what you guys are talking about uh, How do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? You can email it to me at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com Or you can send it in a voice message through the Anchor app if you listen on that platform as well I've got five questions picked out uh, And there's some really, really good ones in here So let's let's get on with this Philip Adkins has the first question this week, and Philip says, "Hey Brian, I love your podcast. I look forward to each new episode. My question is, how much different do you think Episode Three would have been if the Clone Wars series had come out between films? Hope you and your wife and youngling are safe, and may the Force be with you. Thank you very much for the question, Philip. Uh, and me and Kirsty are actually watching Clone Wars through again right now. We're I think we're coming. I think we're two arcs away from the Mortis stuff, so we're really getting into the good stuff right now." uh and you're yeah clone wars is something that you know the films came out before clone wars did so they kind of had certain constraints they had to stay to within this show certain things anakin couldn't meet general grievous because he meets him for the first time in episode three and yeah and 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 all this other stuff there are certain things that had to happen in this series had episodes one and two come out and then george lucas did the entire series of clone wars and, it, and, it's, and it's the series came out as it is right now, it had the series come out and introduced Asajj Ventress to us and Ahsoka Tano and all this other stuff, I really think Episode 3 would have been a hell of a lot different. Obviously, you would have had Asajj Ventress there at some point. Had he done the series, Dark Disciple hadn't been written yet, so we know her fate in Dark Disciple. She may have popped up in Episode 3 somewhere uh ahsoka would have probably been in episode three somewhere yeah and there's there's so much that could have happened differently captain rex could have been in episode three somewhere so there's there's a lot that could have happened and and yeah it could have been a lot different but you know you you sit back and you speculate about how much of the series really bordered on one thing and had you gone back and changed one thing somewhere it would have completely uh, what, what, the, it, it would have railroaded everything. It would have completely changed everything, which we're going to talk about here uh, in the next mailback question. But it, it's weird to go back and think what episode three would have been like had Clone Wars come out before the film did. Obviously, Anakin would have still had to go to the dark side. Would we even still have Ahsoka for Rebels at this point? I mean, would Anakin have offed her? What I mean, there's 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 a lot there that really could have been a lot different and honestly would have been so damn cool to see on screen. Uh could have seen Mandalore in episode three. There's 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 so much. You could have seen more Mandalorians in episode three. There's there's so much that could have been. And we could sit here all night and talk about it. Uh but yes, it would have been a lot different had that come out chronologically. But I'm happy with the way it went. I'm happy with the way it's coming out. I haven't watched any of the new season yet though. Of Clone Wars, we I, I was getting ready to and I really wanted to watch it with Kirsty because we sat down every week and watched Mandalorian together. Uh, but with Clone Wars, I was like, man, I don't think Kirsty's seen Clone Wars all the way through. And, I, and sure enough, she hadn't. So we decided to swallow a hard pill. I did. I decided to swallow a hard pill, not watch Clone Wars, and go all the way back to the beginning and watch it with her. So, gosh, man. And, but we're getting there. We're like a third of the way through the series now. And at least this way, whenever we get to Season 7, we'll be able to just binge watch it. All the way through, and then we'll be able to talk about it on probably the next episode I do at the podcast. But uh, yes, things would have been a lot different in episode three. And hell, it could have been a different episode four also. Because had he made everything chronologically, four, five, and six would have been a hell of a, uh, a lot different too. So, uh, but thanks for the question, Philip. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number two this week comes from Daisy Mann. And Daisy says, Dear Brian, hello, my name is Daisy. I listen to your podcast whenever there is a new episode. I understand with having a family and a full-time job. It is difficult to keep up with your podcast, so I look forward to each episode. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you very much for the kind words, Daisy. And, yeah, it, it's a pain in the ass sometimes to try to stay caught up on this uh, on this podcast, but, it, it, but not in a bad way. It's, it's one of those things where every time I don't get an episode out, I'm bummed, and I'm just, oh, God, man, another week without an episode. It, it's, it's one of those things. So uh, th- I do appreciate the kind words. Thank you. Uh, Daisy says, I have a question for your show. Since you weren't a fan of the sequel trilogy... What is one thing you would change, and what effect do you think it would have on the rest of the trilogy as a whole? Uh, Thanks for the question, Daisy. And yeah, no, like I was just saying, if you change one thing on this timeline anywhere, uh, it ends up being entirely, entirely different. And that's not, I mean, look, with the sequel trilogy, it's no secret I wasn't a fan. I I was a fan of it until episode 9 came out, but I'm not a big fan of it. And uh, one of the biggest problems, I think, is it relies too much on – I think the new trilogy relied too much on other material coming out concurrently with the films to make it make sense. Not, not necessarily make it make sense, but to build off of – there's certain stories that they've come out with in comic form that should have been in the films, like the turn of Kylo Ren. That should have been in the films. There's, there's, there's so much that – I mean I, I guess you could say it was in the films, but it needs to be explained. There's certain things that everything in the novelization for Episode Nine should have been in the film. It wouldn't have made it perfect by any means, but it would have made it more tolerable, you know. So if I could change one thing about the uh, about the sequel trilogy, I would have started it earlier, on the timeline. I would have went further back. I would have started it with the fall of Kylo Ren. That'd be a great way to kick off a new trilogy. Like Jesus, we're hitting the ground running with this one. Yeah, had you started Episode Seven. With the flashback – well, not necessarily with the flashback scene, but maybe leading up to the flashback scene with Ben really, really early in the film. Still first act, and then having to – you know, Han and Leia dealing with losing Ben and Luke being there and, and, and blaming himself and Han and Leia consoling him about it and Luke running off. Like, it would it would have made things, I mean, a little different. I mean, a lot different, actually, but it would have been a great jumping-off point for this trilogy, the fall of another Skywalker, man. That is not a story that needs to be told in a four-issue comic run. That is a story that needed to be seen on screen. The fall of another Skywalker. That's a huge event for the galaxy. And, and they didn't do it. Uh, that would have been a great jumping off point for Episode 7. And you would have gotten to see Han, Luke, and Leia all on screen again. For, you know, one maybe one last time. That would have been cool. You would have seen Han and Leia kind of have their falling out. And Han go back to smuggling. And Leia, you know, hell, you could have even seen... Maybe open episode 7 with the galaxy finding out in Bloodline, for those of you who haven't read Bloodline, spoiler alert, uh, in, in Bloodline when everybody finds out Leia was the daughter of Vader. Like that would have been a great kickoff point too. So it, there's there's so much that could have been done differently with the sequel trilogy that it's just – I mean it, it could have made it something great and you could have kept a, a 80% of what you did from, well, I don't want to say 80 you could have 60% of what you did <laughs> 66% of what you did with the sequel trilogy and and still built off of that and still made something great without having to rely on the comic books and the novels and the TV shows and the games to kind of fill in all the gaps where you're sitting in the theater and go what the what really what the hell so if I, if i could go back i would change that i would change that point i would make episode 7 start a lot earlier granted we wouldn't have bloodline as a novel then well we probably still would but it would have been a lot different. i mean it would have changed a lot of stuff so but that's where i would have uh probably kicked it off right there and and started on a dark note you know each each trilogy you had the the classic trilogy ended on a really high note right and then you had the prequel trilogy ended on a really really low note like really low which it had to but you could kick off the new trilogy with a really low point and then build your way up from there or hell just even keep it low who cares i mean just keep it dark but uh that's what i would have done so thanks for the question daisy i appreciate it uh question number three this week comes from sarah dawson and sarah says brian i love your podcast and the work you put into it i love the new look as well keep doing what you're doing thank you very much i do appreciate that sarah uh when do you think we'll get the backstory on maz having luke's lightsaber the last we saw it was falling out of the bottom of Cloud City and into the planet Bespin. Surely they wouldn't leave it, uh, let that in the air like that. What are your thoughts? Thanks for the question, Sarah. And uh, actually, the last time we saw the saber, it actually didn't make it all the way down to the bottom of, the, of Cloud City. The new Star Wars run that's going right now, the, that happens between Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi, picks up. I mean, it picks up during Empire, during Luke and, and Vader's battle. But after that whole battle, uh. It was like three or four or five days later, Luke and Leia and Lando go back to Cloud City. And Lando's trying to smuggle him into Cloud City to help Luke find his lightsaber. And Luke's already got his prosthetic hand at this point. But they're they're back on Cloud City, and Luke's also there to get his X-Wing, which he left without. And Lando tells him, hey, it's probably going to be down on Sun-Sun level, trash, whatever, blah, blah. blah. So... He goes down there to find it and it's just mountains and mountains and mountains of garbage and luke walks and he's like great this i'm never gonna find this thing and there's ugnaughts in there working on everything and or, or sorting through all the garbage and everything and luke tells him you know i'm looking for cylinders like this big has some controls on the side some black grips and the ugnaughts are looking at him like he's yeah i mean like he's growing another head out of his you know ass so uh he ends up not finding it and and the reason he ends up, he, he gives up he ends up giving up looking for the lightsaber And when he comes back up top, Lando and Leia ask him, well, you guys, you you didn't find it? He's like, no, I don't even know if I want to find it, to be honest. And he's like, it belonged to my father, and now I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. So, I mean, it's, it's really interesting that he ended up feeling that way, and it makes total sense. It makes total sense that he felt that way about lightsaber after that. But there's a couple of scenes in that comic where you see somebody holding that lightsaber, and... He's uh, the last episode that came out before they paused all the comics was uh, there was a lady on an ocean planet calling to Luke to come find it or whatnot. And uh, I, don't, I don't know where the story is going to go. I think only two issues have come out since uh, it started. But because of the uh, coronavirus thing going around, they've they've paused all the comics. So we're going to have to wait who knows how long until we get the rest of that story. But they are touching on the story finally. What you saw falling into Bespin was probably his hand. If I was if if you had if I had to guess it was probably his hand, uh, but no it didn't it didn't make it completely off Cloud City and and I'm really glad they're finally telling that story that was another damn thing that Maz should have mentioned in the film but anyway uh, that's really what's going on when I, they're covering the backstory now but when will that entire story be told it'll probably be wrapped up gosh I don't know when these comics are going to start going again May I'm going to save this first volume of Star Wars volume. I don't even think they're starting them back over at volume one now with the comics. I think it's just twelve. Uh, I think it's volume twelve or thirteen. This first arc is going to cover it. I think. I think it'll it'll tell the whole story. So, uh, I hope that answers your question. Thank you for sending in. By the way, I appreciate it. Uh, question number four this week comes from Peter Clayton, and Peter says, "Hello, Canon Podcast. Big fan of you and your content. My wife and I were wondering if you could shed some light on why Ahsoka's lightsabers are green and yellow in Clone Wars." But white and Rebels. And as a follow up. Does the color of the lightsaber still have meaning in canon. Like it did in the EU. Where certain colors stood for certain kinds of Jedi. We love your show. Thanks in advance. Thanks for the kind words man. I appreciate it. I'm glad to have you and your wife as followers man. And, and yeah. there's There was this whole ordeal with Kyber Crystals. When Disney took over. Uh, and, and did the canon slate wipe. And honestly this is one of those things. That I I despise. I hate this. I this is this is one of the dumbest things I think Disney has done to start and, and somebody's out there looking at me right now going, That's the dumbest thing they've done, really. Uh, honestly this is in my opinion, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen Disney do. And they set it up to where the crystals change color depending on what kind of Jedi you are now. So I guess in a roundabout way, there's no uniform thing now that says this colors for yellows for a sentinel and greens for a guardian or blues for a guardian and greens for console. That's not, that's, that's like gone now. So now it's just, I guess, basically whatever kind of Jedi you are, that's what color the kyber crystal ends up being. And now, I mean, even in the EU with the red kyber crystals, they were synthetic crystals. That's why they were red. You know, the Sith made these synthetic crystals. Now they've set it up to where In order for a Sith to get a red lightsaber, you have to steal the kyber crystal from another Jedi, from a Jedi, and, like, hold it and pour all of your anger and your hatred and your pain into it, and you make it bleed, and that's why it turns red, and then that is where they get the red color from. In Ahsoka's case, with the white crystals, she, yeah, she had green, she had a green saber at first in Clone Wars, then went green and yellow, which everybody, I remember everybody was complaining uh, when episode 9 came out, like, a yellow lightsaber, really that wasn't canon. Well, actually it was, you know, Ahsoka had a yellow lightsaber and the Jedi Sentinels had yellow lightsabers and it's it's already in canon, so whatever. But yeah, when and like I said I haven't watched any of Clone Wars yet, the new season. But in the trailer we see Ahsoka get those sabers and they're both blue. Why are they blue now all of a sudden? So I maybe they've already explained it, maybe not. I don't know, but uh I'm assuming it's because Anakin had her sabers, I guess, maybe. Uh but as far as the white sabers go, in the novel Ahsoka, she had her, she got her own novel by UK Johnston. In this novel, we follow Ahsoka. It's like a year after Episode Three, a year and a half, something like that. The Jedi, or I'm sorry, the Sith Inquisitors, are on full rampancy, hunting down Jedi. Vader's hunting down Jedi, uh, and, and their Ahsoka ends up getting an Inquisitor on her tail. And I don't remember which brother it was. It was one of the brothers, but anyway, during this novel, you can you, she's. Slowly working on building a new lightsaber. She's got parts and stuff, you know, and in her little hut that she's living in on this on this planet. And she's always up and moving, up and moving, trying to stay on the move. So that nobody can track her down. So it's a very lonely life for her. And this particular planet she's on, she's gotten very close to some of the people that live there. But the Inquisitors show up and she ends up fighting these inquisitors and she destroys one of their lightsabers. And she takes the crystals from this Inquisitor's lightsaber and she purifies them, essentially, with the force. And pours all of her, you know, her, her good, I guess you'd say, her light side power into these. And they end up not having any color at all. The the bleeding effect just kind of goes away and they're white. So that's why she has white sabers and rebels. Or silver whatever color you want to say they're I, I say they're white. Um, but yeah, that's why her, her saber color did change. And it was just because she purified those already bleeding crystals that the Inquisitors took from another Jedi. And poured all their hate and anger and blah, blah, blah. You know, you get what I'm saying. So... Uh, but that is why uh, she has white sabers and honestly i think it looks badass as hell it it looks absolutely cool so uh, i hope that answers your question and and, and, but as far as like i said colors having meanings not anymore like in knights of the old republic when you get to choose your lightsaber color and what kind of jedi you want to be like that's completely out the window now all of it so which kind of sucks i i wish it had i wish aspects of that had stayed but it is what it is uh better to move on right uh, and the final question tonight before uh, I get into some live viewer stuff comes from Adam Owens. Uh, Adam Owens, sorry. And Adam says, Brian, how are you and your family? Hopefully, uh, hopefully everything is well with you and yours. I'm anxiously awaiting the release of your mobile app. I know it will be a great tool for not only Canon junkies, but also for those who are getting into Canon for the first time like myself. I have only ever watched the movies, not any shows or comics or books. In your opinion, what is a good stepping-off point in canon of getting a better appreciation of the films? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I just found your podcast recently, and we need more fans like you front and center. Adam out. Thanks for the kind words, Adam. I do appreciate it. Uh, A good stepping-off point for canon. All right, so you you haven't watched any shows. You've only watched the movies. Honestly, I'm not even going to give you a novel. I'm going to give you Clone Wars. In my opinion, I'm going to give you Clone Wars. I don't know where you stand on your opinion of the prequel trilogy i don't know where you stand you know i don't i don't know what era you kind of grew up in i grew up in the classic era so i wasn't really big on the prequels until recently and the reason i'm kind of big on the prequels now is because of clone wars you know in episode four we hear obi-wan tell luke you know your father was a an, the best star pilot in the galaxy and a great friend and you really didn't see a whole lot of that in the films you you saw him touch on it but you didn't really see a whole lot of it you saw kind of the banter back and forth between the two, and, and you saw Anakin kind of fighting in that first battle on Coruscant, but you really didn't get to see a whole lot of those two together. Clone Wars fixes that problem. Clone Wars, if you sit down and you watch Clone Wars beginning to end, and if you watch episodes one, two, all of Clone Wars, and then three, episode three is way more tragic. It is, It's, it's almost harder to swallow what happens to anakin in episode three because of clone wars you know with clone wars you get to see those two really shine and really you get to see why they're such good friends and and you get to see anakin grow while he's training ahsoka and and you know you see his starfighter abilities and all this it's it's great to watch uh the the reason i bring that up is because you said uh what's a good stepping off point of getting a better uh, appreciation of the films and I think Clone Wars will give you a better appreciation of the sequel trilogy. It has me anyway. Uh, as far as some other pieces of canon go that would be a good stepping off point, Lost Stars is going to be obviously the go-to for a lot of people. Uh, it's it's really – it's still number one novel on my list. It almost got dethroned, but it didn't. Uh, but Lost Stars is is top on my list. And ask – I mean 80% of Star Wars fans who have read it will tell you, yeah, no, definitely go read that book. Lost Stars is a good novel. Uh, it's written by Claudia Gray. It follows uh, a couple, this this uh, man and woman who are basic. They're they're in love. They're from the same planet, but one joins the empire, one joins the rebellion. So they're kind of this Romeo and Juliet forbidden love kind of thing. And uh, they and they know each other is actually they both start out in the empire, but one of them ends up jumping ship. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but they're their story is woven throughout the classic trilogy in such a way where you see classic trilogy events happening the classic trilogy events happening between a new hope empire strikes back and return of the jedi from their point of view and how they were kind of behind the scenes quite a bit and you never even really knew that they were there and it was it was a lot of fun to read i could i read that book in two days i could not put it down and now when I watch the classic trilogy, I know that's some stuff going on behind the scenes, you know, stuff like that. As far as the sequel trilogy goes, I'm gonna tell you don't watch the films, just read the novels. Uh, I, I I talked last week about whether or not the sequel trilogy should have just been novels. And I, I got quite a few comments on there. A lot you guys let me have you guys give me a lot of feedback on that with your opinion and whatnot. And and yeah, I know a lot of you guys have the novel for episode seven was just like cut and dry episode seven, but eight and nine those, I mean, the trilogy still wouldn't work as a trilogy even with the novels, but it does make the films individually better. Um, but yeah, if, if you're jumping off into canon for the first time, it, seriously, watch Clone Wars and then turn around and watch Rebels. Or watch Clone Wars Episode 3 and then watch Rebels. Rebels was a show, uh, and, and everybody, I, I don't want to say everybody else, but a lot of the people watching this right now have already watched Rebels. They know what I'm saying, but th- this is for you. This is for you, Adam. Rebels was a show that came out in 2015, I think. I think it's when it started. Yeah, it was twenty. It was 2015 before Force Awakens came out. And a lot, of, I know a lot of people didn't really have high hopes for it. And they thought it was going to be too kiddish. And, and, and at, at first, it kind of was. It wasn't bad. Uh, but the further you went into that show, the deeper it got. And, and by the time you get to the end of season two, out of four seasons, there's four seasons of Rebels. By the time you get to that the end of that second season holy crap man it it's getting deep it's getting dark you're seeing the return of characters that you absolutely love like it's it's you you see a face-off that had to happen at some point that so many fans were screaming for that they just had to have and and there's an awesome face-off halfway through the series uh twilight of the apprentice is still two of my absolute favorite episodes of star wars tv ever Uh, But, yeah, Clone Wars and Rebels is a lot of fun. And like I said earlier, me and Chris are watching Clone Wars again now, and I'm forgetting how much fun I had watching it the first time. And it's been so long since I actually sat down and watched the entire series that there's things happening that I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, all right. Uh, So, yeah, definitely check out Clone Wars. And if you want the timeline, if you need the timeline of Clone Wars episodes, if you go to the Facebook page for the Star Wars Canon podcast, it's going to be on the app. But for right now, it's on the on the Facebook page for the Star Wars Canon podcast. Uh, Richard J. put it up. Uh, I think he's been updating it. I, I'm pretty sure. But Clone Wars is on there. Uh, but all the episodes by name are on there. So if – and I don't remember if you put – hang on. I can check for you real quick. I don't remember if you put seasons on there or not, though. Uh, let me check. I can look here real quick. I don't want to give you false information. Uh, but it's it the timeline is on there, so if you want to go on there and check that out, uh let me pull this up. Uh, let's see here where is it where is it amended let's see if he put the uh yeah, he did uh he, the see, the season number and the episode numbers are on there. so uh head on over to the Facebook page. you'll be able to see it on there and the comics are scattered throughout there. you don't nothing in the comics so far has really screamed essential as far as clone wars era stuff goes so uh yeah the the episodes are all on there and matter of fact like it's weird what order they go in because it's a season two episode then a season one episode and then the movie and then two season three episodes and then it kind of goes you know basically seasons one through uh six or seven now minus those episodes where you kind of skip back and forth and i know there's an arc somewhere in there where and it's i want to say season two i don't remember what it is but one of the episodes, because it confused the hell out of me when me and Kirsty were watching it the other day, because at the beginning of each episode of Clone Wars, you know, it's kind of given the recap, and Tom Caines is in the narration, uh, and it's kind of telling what's going on in the galaxy. And one of them showed a clip from an episode from Season 1 that we hadn't watched yet in this chronological playthrough. I'm like, that's from Hostage Crisis. Why is that on? We haven't got that. Did we miss an episode arc somewhere? So I started going back and looking, and I'm like no we didn't miss it but i figured out what happened because these were aired out of order there's a story arc about a third of the way through clone wars where one of the episodes goes back to season one and that's what that's from so by the time the season two stuff already aired that had came out that episode had aired so they used footage from that so they used footage from something that hadn't even happened in clone wars yet when you watch it chronologically it's weird It's, it's confusing it's and so far it's been the only instance i've seen of it so far um but keep that in mind like if if you really if you really pay attention to the show and you notice that it's going to throw you off but don't think anything about it you are getting to that episode later on so uh, definitely go check out Clone Wars man and I think that's the most I've ever talked about Clone Wars and I'm really enjoying watching it again I can't wait till the new season uh, t- until I get to the new season so uh, I hope that answers that question for you man thank you so much for sending it in I do appreciate it Alright guys, we've been going for about 45 minutes uh, Let's head over to the live chat I want to see what you guys are talking about here Let me pull this up mm, Alright, let's see here What are we talking about here? Usef Wally is on Man, how's it going brother? Uh, I'm live with you this time Awesome man, that's a that's a uh, a fan of mine from Egypt uh, Definitely got to get over there man I'm a big fan of Egypt And, and I, I of ancient Egypt stuff I want to see the pyramids I want to see the Sphinx I want to see all this stuff Uh and if I get over there, man, I will definitely look you up. AAMJ at 00 is on. We're live this episode. Awesome. Yeah, man, it feels really good to be live again. It really does. And and it's one of those things where you never know what's going to happen on the show. Uh, let's see here. Rapper Writers is on. Which song is this? It sounds so familiar. I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, uh, music from the beginning from the standby screen. Uh, I actually found out that Star Wars music, if you – if I was trying to find Star Wars music to use m- – Two or three years ago, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to use anything that was copyrighted, which is why I had. Or I sat down with uh, Brooke Monroe, who wrote the opening intro for this podcast and the outro. He wrote the, uh, and, and did a great job with them. Uh, but leading up to that, I was using royalty-free Star Wars music. So basically, that's anything that's really uh, Star Wars trailers or Old Republic stuff. A lot of that music actually isn't copyrighted right now. Uh, and and so people are free to use it, which is really weird. And and I wasn't even entirely sure about that at first, but it turned out to be true. So, uh, and that song, I, there was actually two of them. There, one of them was General Coda, and the other one was, I want to say it was Star Killer from Force Unleashed. I want to say that's what his theme was. Uh, it was his his theme. It sounds awesome. I absolutely love that music, man. Uh, music is one of the biggest things in Star Wars. That just I, I could sit and listen to Star Wars. Kirstie's the complete opposite. She can't listen to a soundtrack at all. I could sit and listen to a soundtrack all night, man, uh, especially if it's John Williams. Uh, Usoff says, I get it. Totally going to pay for it. Uh, really looking forward to the app. Thanks, man. I do appreciate that. Yeah, and working on the app, it's it's been a lot of fun working and a long time coming, man. It's been a long time coming. And it I kind of shot myself in the foot with it, too, because I made this recording booth so that I could record in, right, and and I could actually sit down and kind of retreat and work on this. But now I've got this tiny little four by six space to sit in all the time when I'm working on my mobile app. It gets a little claustrophobic. I keep the door open, and try to keep a fan on me because it's I feel like I'm in in school suspension or in timeout or something stuck in here. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 a lot harder working on a mobile app than I thought it was going to be. I did a website for the Canon Library back when it was the Star Wars Canon Library. I did a website for it a while back. Uh, and actually, I should have back then I should have just started doing the mobile app because now it 's a pain in the ass trying to catch up uh, but I did the the website and I updated it weekly and actually bought the domain star wars cannon pod or star wars library dot com and and worked on that for a while, but the website was a lot easier it was i mean i it was it was basically drag and drop with a mobile app man I thought you know going into it I'd never done it before I thought it was going to be something that you could just drag and drop stuff and I like, shit man you gotta make everything from scratch it is it's it's tedious it really is you know I, I i literally if if you guys head over to our patreon page if you're a patreon if you're a patron right now there's a link up there and i might have to repost it uh for you guys because it's been a while since i've posted anything in the patreon account actually uh it's if if you click on that link you can kind of play around with the app a little bit in a browser so it's not it's kind of like a, a, a mobile website at this point but you can kind of see how it's going to Feel if you go to it on your phone, you're, you're better to go to that on your phone if you're a patron and actually pull up the link that way. And you can kind of mess around with it, but everything you see in that app has been made from scratch every single thing. So, uh, it's taken a lot longer to do than I actually thought it was going to. I knew it was going to take a while, but I didn't know it was going to take this long. Uh, Usoff says, I'm excited by the characters. You're right, that broadsword saber looks cool. Do you think they'll play a bit with some of the planets and ecosystems we know today? And is Coruscant the capital? Uh, I'm going to assume Coruscant is still the capital. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to assume that it is. As far as the ecosystems, like other planets that we've seen before, like Tatooine, Naboo, are we going to see some planets bef- that we've seen before? Uh, probably at some point, they'll probably sprinkle a couple of little planets around that we've heard of before or you know, maybe name drop something somewhere. But I wouldn't bank on seeing a lot of it. I think this is the point. I think we're at the point now where Disney is going to take a step back, and they're going to be. They've look. They've told their. They've they finished off, if you want to call it that. They finished off. It, they finished the Skywalker saga, capped it off. Uh, not great. Uh, and now they're at a point where they're trying to establish their own section of the Star Wars universe. They're not cons- They're they're not constrained by something that has already come before. Even with 7, 8, eight and 8, 9, they were kind of constrained a little bit with what they could really do with their films. Had to have a certain look. Had to have a certain feel. Had to follow this story, right, moving on. With this, with the High Republic, they're, they're free range, free range man. They're free roam. They're going to be making whatever they want to make. They're they're going to be making up new planets. They're gonna, everything. So I wouldn't count on you – know, like I said, you'll see name drops once in a while, but I wouldn't count on a lot of it. I hope – I hope that – Ilum gets mentioned. I, Ilum, however you, however you pronounce it. That planet got the raw end of the deal, man, when it came to Disney. I'm not going to lie. It, you know, It's been confirmed now that Ilum was Starkiller Base. Starkiller Base was the planet uh, Ilum, Ilum, however you want to pronounce it. And it's heartbreaking now playing Jedi Fallen Order and seeing them gut that damn planet. It's so hard to watch, but uh, yeah, you'll probably get name drops here and there, but I wouldn't bank on anything being very familiar at all you'll you'll probably get a mention of yoda somewhere he's alive at this point um uh, and you know i was thinking about something also when it came to yoda not to get off topic here we always talk about yoda being 900 years old he says for 900 years i trained jedi so has he been training jedi for 900 years or is he 900 years old i've never thought about it before maybe i'm missing something somewhere you guys let me know uh i'm sure if Yoda's training Jedi, if he trained Jedi for 900 years, he's probably training Jedi now. 200 years, you know? So, and you're looking at a time period where Chewbacca's just, well, well I guess he'd just now be being born, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, there's, you could probably get a couple little familiar things, but it's going to be more of like a little tongue-in-cheek thing where you're like, oh, I know who that was. Um, but I wouldn't bank on seeing it. But that lightsaber, yeah, man. Look, one of the things that a lot of people gave force awaken shit for right at the beginning was kylo ren's lightsaber and people were making fun of it talking about he's gonna cut his own damn hand off and all this stuff and yeah i get it's a cool saber don't get me wrong i love kylo ren's cross guard saber but this saber hang on let me pull this picture up again let me uh right here i want to pull this picture up again this broadsword man this lightsaber is absolutely sick that is absolutely sick and I've, you know, I told Kirsty that I was uh, going to start collecting lightsabers, and that is definitely one that I'm going to want on my shelf as a broadsword lightsaber, not a crossguard saber. I'm going to start calling them broadsword sabers so you know the difference. I want a broadsword saber. I think it's so cool. Uh, Will R says, Hi, how's it going, brother? Uh, AAMJ00 says, Favorite Mandalorian? Ooh. You know, for the longest time growing up, it was. And well, I guess he wasn't even Mandalorian. Now that I think about it, was Boba Fett. And and now I'm at this point where Boba Fett's so overrated and everything. My favorite Mandalorian. See, Kirsty and I, like I said, we're watching Clone Wars. We just got through the first Mandalor, uh, Mandalorian arc, and uh, it was the first time you know you see Visla with the dark saber and all this other stuff. Honestly, like I really want to say the Mandalorian. Yeah, and you know who I'm talking about when I say the Mandalorian. Uh, but th- that's too simple of an answer for me right now. I and and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name, and you're gonna look at me and you're gonna, are you are you serious? That's your favorite Mandalorian? Uh, maybe you mean in the armor, and that's not what this is gonna be. Honest to God, my favorite Mandalorian at this point is Duchess Satine. I look, Duchess Satine was a badass leader. She slowly found out about the corruption in her own government. And wanted to take steps to correct it, which you don't see political leaders doing that nowadays. You, you have a leader that actually cares about her people, who are at a hospital with children who are sick, and and a- actually hands on trying to figure out what's going on, right? And the reason, one of the reasons I say Satine is because without Satine, we wouldn't see a side of Obi Wan. That we saw in Clone Wars. And Adam, if you're watching this, I'm not, I'm not trying to give anything away for you on Clone Wars. But we know now that Obi-Wan did have, a, I guess you could say, a love interest in Satine. And it's it's she's a character that makes you take a step back and you look at Obi-Wan in a different light. And you, you really appreciate Obi-Wan more for... He had a lot of the same mentality Anakin did at one point when he was younger. When he tells Satine, had you said the word, I would have left the order... That's powerful coming from Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm favorite Mandalorian. I'm going to say Satine. If you mean favorite Mandalorian in the armor, in, in the Mandalorian armor, I honestly, I really want to say the armor from the Mandalorian. I really want to say her because that's, I believe she's played by Emily Swallow. I think it's who she's played by, who is the darkness in Supernatural, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And, uh, She's she's the armorer, and honestly, we kind of knew she was a badass by looking at her for the first time, right? When that show started, for the, when we first see her, I looked at her and I'm like, she's got to be a badass. She has to be. Look at the horns on her helmet. Does that mean she was part of Death Watch? Does that mean she followed Maul at some point? Kind of interesting, because you don't see a lot of Mandalorian helmets anymore that have the, the horns on top of them. And that was a big Death Watch thing in Son of Dathomir. So maybe I need to go back and reread Son of Dathomir and see if she's in there somewhere. But uh, if I have to pick one in the armor, I'm going to say the armorer. And mainly because of how straightforward she is. She's no bullshit. She's completely logical. She's basically the Spock of the Mandalorians. And, and it's, she, I mean, she's an absolute badass. When it, she, How many stormtroopers came in there to arrest her? And some of those stormtrooper deaths were so brutal to watch. The one going into the, the, to the smelter pit was hard to watch. Her cracking the one's face open. It was just amazing to watch. And she just goes back to doing what she was doing. Absolutely cool. Double A M J Double O says, uh, "Yeah, Islam is a slap in the face to the Jedi. The icing on top of the cake for Palpatine. It really is." And you know, I was learning something. I, I learned something else the other day too. And and you know, I I read all the canon stuff and whatnot. But I, I as when it comes to canon, I like to think I know everything in canon. EU and canon are two different things. And I guess there's some things that have been shown in. ...in the EU that I guess you could kind of transfer into canon and actually say hap- happened. And you were talking about Palpatine, how it was a slap in the face to the Jedi. One of the biggest things Palpatine did as a slap in the face to Jedi was having Electrum on his lightsaber. Electrum, for those of you that don't know, in the EU, I guess w- it might be in canon. I might have missed it somewhere. Is a gold material that Masters were allowed to put on their lightsabers as more of a decorative thing... ...to kind of show their status in the order, right? And you, you had to earn it as a Jedi. That's, you know, you don't see a lot of uh, masters with it. I mean, Mace had it on his saber. I know, I as a matter of fact, I think Mace was the only one I remember seeing that had it on his lightsaber. I think Anakin had a little bit on his with some of the gold accents from the prequel version of his lightsaber. But uh, Sidious ended up making basically his entire lightsaber out of Electrum as an insult to the Jedi. Pretty much, stolen. it's like a stolen Valor thing, you know what I mean? So... Uh, yeah, Island being a slap in the face to the Jedi, you're completely right when you say that. That was one planet that the Jedi held so sacred because of the kyber crystal thing, and it just – it it breaks my heart to find to, – to have found out – or I shouldn't say to have found out, to have been right about Island being Starkiller Base. Because even back when Force Awakens first came out, I called that shit. I called it. And I remember – There was – and the reason I thought about it was I think – and I went back to find it afterwards, and I couldn't find it again. There was a planetary map from before Disney took over, and up in the corner, you could see Island where it was on the map. And then when you look at the Disney-era version, it said origin of Starkiller Base in the exact same spot, both ice planets, both snow cover. You know what I mean? So it was – to me, it just made sense, but nobody confirmed it until Jedi Fallen Order came out, and that was the actual – I believe the actual uh, confirmation of that. Uh, and yeah, on Jedi Fallen Order going to that planet, knowing what happens to it is just gut wrenching. And you know, and we're we're coming up on those episodes in Clone Wars, me and Kirsty are, where the younglings are going to get their kyber crystals, right? The the return of Chewbacca, I think, is the, the arc. And uh, it's it's gonna be cool seeing it again. And you, that that main citadel room that you walk into in Jedi Fallen Order. Where you got to do the puzzle with the cables and whatnot. For those of you who haven't played it. There's a puzzle you have to do to get this crystal to shine the light directly on the wall to melt the ice. In Clone Wars, that was just you hit a button and came across and it melted the ice. And then the ice slowly came back down as the day went further and further. And so that's the same door you're going into to go into the the crystal cave to find your, your new kyber crystal. It was heartbreaking walking into that room because it's like hundred and some odd foot deep in snow at this point and you're up at the, like the top part of the door trying to get in where the mechanism is but it's it's it was really cool and yeah it was a slap in the face it, basically everything palpatine tried to do was an insult to the jedi basically everything was an insult to the jedi destroying Islem and turning it into star killer base which they did kind of lean towards that also in the in the catalyst novel leading up to rogue one but turning Islam into the Starkiller Base, having Electrum on his lightsaber, turning the old Jedi temple into his Imperial castle, in his Imperial palace, is just—it's just a slap in the face to everybody that was ever a Jedi, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, I—I I completely agree with the Islam thing. It's—it's it's bullshit, and I mean, it's cool story-wise, but y- you know which side we're all on. And well, I shouldn't say we're all on. I know some people probably prefer the Sith, and you guys are assholes. So. Uh, I'm going to leave on that note guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week I know it wasn't too much of a long episode, but like I said with a little bit of weather heading my way I figured it'd be a good idea to uh, to hop off But thank you guys and gals for tuning in. I sure appreciate it If you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear Be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on check out the YouTube channel uh, For upcoming reviews interviews and reaction videos as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date on what's going on with the Star Wars Canon podcast uh, be, uh, if, uh, I don't remember where I was now. If you'd like to get a question on the Star Wars Canon podcast, you can email it to me at starwarscanonpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or if you have the Anchor app, you can send me a voice message that way also. Uh, and uh, if you guys want to help support the podcast in any way at all, you guys can check out the Patreon account. I would sure appreciate it. Uh, and guys, basically, that's it for this episode. Until next time, this is Brian signing off. And may the Force be with you.